Hey everybody, it's Chris and welcome to Can We Be Real, episode one. And today's episode is brought to you and, and sponsored by the coffee mug of the day. Welcome home, make Jesus famous, a mug I had made when we first became pastors. So each week we're going to have a little bit different mug because I like to drink coffee. But today, I mean, I was thinking, where could I start? Episode one. And I couldn't think of a better way than to have you on. So, Madre, introduce yourself. You know, tell the people that are listening right now who you are. Well, first of all, thank you. I feel so honored that <laughs> I could go first. I think I do at this point. My name is Pamela Dietz, and my husband and I founded New Life Fellowship Church here in Seguin, Texas. And my claim to fame is... This guy right here, no. he's my son-in-law <laughs> from Alabama, and uh, just thrilled to be here today and thrilled to see what God is doing in this region, in this community, in this area. What else do you do? So, I am the volunteer coordinator and the pastoral care coordinator at Resolute Health Hospital in New Braunfels. Shout out. There you I go. get to work with my best friends every day. I'm an only child, and so I just built this big old family, and I get to go and love on people and they pay me for that it's amazing that's pretty cool so you know i was thinking about there's so many different topics we could talk about the first episode right can we be real and i don't want to just talk about things that don't matter as much i want to talk about things that really affect us every day and i and i got to thinking about our relationship you and i have probably one of the most unique relationships you could probably ever have not only are you my mother-in-law, my mother-in-love, you are my Paul. You know, if you understand that, it's a Paul to Timothy relationship. You're, you're my mentor. You're my friend. Mm -hmm. You know, and then when I look at our relationship, when I look at our friendship, it's one that's interesting because of our generational gap that we've done it so well, right? So you are a, what generation are you? I'm a baby boomer, or as I like to say, a boomer. Boomer, which everyone says boomer, except some people that are watching here today. <laughs> hey, um, you know, boomer. And then I am, which it's funny, they used to fight about it. They're like, oh, millennial. Well, I am a millennial. They, they get real tied with the next generation, with the one now. It's like generation I or generation, I don't know. What is the name of the generation today? I don't know what letter we're on. Generation TikTok. Um, <laughs> But so when I look at this, people see the relationship that you and I have and they wonder how we do it because they wonder how they communicate with their kids. Uh, how do I work with, uh, I saw a post the other day and it says, jobs are the only way that you can go to work and you'd be 19 and your best friend's 45. Like, hey, where Becky at? <laughs> you know? So when they see us walk together and it's not a forced relationship, you and I, even though we're doing this whole thing, this is normal. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, a. This has been for as long as I can remember with you. Yeah, we so go shopping we go shopping. Like, you you went with me every time to go pay for my ring for Chelsea, <laughs> and it was long conversations like this. So I, you don't just have this relationship. Your job also has this type of relationship. Explain that. Kind of tell me how that that aspect affects your job at the, in the medical field. Well, I work with young nurses right out of nursing school, young doctors, um, volunteers that are in their 90s and still paying life forward. I mean, it's the whole gamut. So I'm with every 
age group that you can imagine. Nurses come by, get love, get my advice. Have, they have counseling sessions with me. Doctors come by to just say, hey, I'm here, I'm new, uh, show me the ropes. I think I have um, the kind of personality that people just feel comfortable. You know how you need a friend? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your first day at school, you need somebody you can relate to. And I think I just fill that gap there where, you know, I'm everybody's grandmother, sister, cousin. They can relate to me in some way. So there's not been a generational mm. issue there. See, I love that because... This aspect of generational differences affects every one of us, huge. You're at a job that there's volunteers that are older than you, mm -hmm. nurses that are younger. Yeah. I'm a pastor in my 30s where the, I, I'm right in the middle. I'm, I'm explaining the young kids to the older generation and explaining the older generation to the younger kids. Right. And I think it's extremely important for us because I don't think anybody watching this is not affected by this relationship, whether they don't know how to talk to their kids whether they don't know how to talk to their parents, whether they go to work and they cannot communicate. So what would you say defines or some defining things about, um, about your generation, about boomers, we'll say? Okay. What, what is something defining that you can know that defines your generation? I think probably our work ethic. Mm. You know, when you ask a boomer, when you meet somebody, the almost the first question they'll ask you is, what do you do? What do you do? Why do you and think that is? Well, I think we grew up, you know, under a generation that came up out of the Depression, that came up out of the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and they worked hard, they served hard, they played hard, and we were known by our work ethic, and mm. I think that's carried over, you know, in our lives. So it's, your work is a major portion of what you do every day, so the question is, well, what do you do? Mm. What are you investing in? How are you investing your time? See, our, our generation's... It's so funny. It's more about like, I can't imagine anybody when you guys were growing up caring about at all the CEO or where he donates his money. You were like, this is my job. I've got to work. It doesn't matter where it's at. Right. And it didn't even matter where you worked. You just had to have a job. Right. And then our generation's like, well, I want to find somewhere that makes me feel important or that's not just something I have to work but it means something, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not a bad thing. It's, no. it's good to have a job that is you, yeah. right? So on the same way that our job, you know, my age, you know, people are quitting their job if they find out their business is corrupt, you know, if the company's corrupt. And mm -hmm. I, it seems like the boomers, they didn't necessarily care about that so much. It's I got a job to do, a family to feed, mm -hmm. so and so. So my question to you is this, what's the negative side of that? Well, the negative side is, um, well, my dad told me, he said, give the man 8, 10, 12 hours, whatever he requires. And I saw my dad go to work sick. I saw him work with the flu. And I saw him invest in himself in that. Mm -hmm. And his identity was built around what he did. My mother had 43 years of perfect attendance with Southwestern Bell. <laughs> so she did the same thing, too. And then you can see that sometimes children were uh, put on the back burner. Mm. You know, our parents weren't as attentive to us. And I'm just speaking for myself. I mean, they loved me. They were doing great things yeah. for me, putting a roof over my head. Mm -hmm. But that was what was important to them, that we had a roof over our head mm. and food on our table. It wasn't so much about building relationship like you with your children, you mm. know. 
It was the, I guess it's like the picture of, we imagine dad comes home, sits on the couch, gets his paper out, right? Exactly. And, and, and don't touch your paper, don't touch dad's no. paper until dad's touched it. Exactly. We go to the table when dad says to eat, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and I guess the, the flawed side of, you know, I could even say my generation <clears throat> is someone will need to work, but if they don't feel connected to the job, they won't work. Mm. Instead of just getting a job, mm-hmm. work somewhere until you can find something else to take care of your family. And so it's kind of like, you know, I, I, the need to feel important and have a purpose is important, but sometimes we let that get in our way. Mm-hmm. And then I'd even connect it where you said relationship. I know some of my friends that care more about being their kid's friend than being their kid's parent, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, and I get that. Like, <laughs> Presley is getting older, and she's 12 now. And I'm like, oh, man. I know we're about to have to have some hard conversations. She's not going to like it, right? So I have the opportunity. So those are interesting lines to go. But I believe that that's why this generational friendship is so important because there's things that you learned I've never had to go through. Mm-hmm. And there's things that I've had to do I, that you've never had to go through, right. right? Like just something very basic, something easier to understand. And let's say attention span. Okay. When you wanted to watch... Or be entertained as a family. Growing up, what was it? The Ed Sullivan Show <laughs> on Sunday nights. You know, we had one of the first TVs in black and white. And we gathered around. There was only a few hours that TV was on even every day. And so that was our big family entertainment when we finally got TV probably in, I don't know, the early 60s. We yeah. didn't have one up until then. So that was... That was huge for us. Well, so, because so, <laughs> I sit there and think people, I guess, have a, have a mis- up, misunderstanding of a relationship with time. They think that that was like forever ago. That wasn't that long ago. Not really. That wasn't, it really wasn't, right? <laughs> right. And I think now that if we watch a, a TV show with commercials, the kids lost attention. Like if the ter- uh, commercials are too long, our kid will stop watching a show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you know, well, you had to sit through, when, when I was a kid, you had to sit through these commercials because <laughs> yeah. there was no DVR, right? But, so we see this different, the difference in the generations. And it's not a bad thing. Each one is skilled and can see things different. So what have you found out is one of the most important ways to communicate? Because I have a rule that says talking and communicating are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Talking is... It is speaking ideas, communicating is sharing ideas. Mm-hmm. I can talk all day. How many times have you heard a parent say, I talk to my kids all the time? Well, okay, are you communicating with your kids? Exactly. Right? So, what have you found of someone that has worked with me, with communicate different generations, someone that works with all these nurses? What have you found some of the most important things that you had to have to be able to connect to that generation? Well, I want to be a lifelong learner learn for the rest of my life I mean that's I feel like that's so important that's rare and if you look at someone the first time you meet them and I think there's something inside of us that when we connect with a person it says I want to learn from you Mm. I know that you have things inside of your beautiful head or your beautiful heart that I need to know and I think when we build a relationship with that in mind, it will be reciprocated. Mm. They will come to an understanding most of the time that I have something in my old head, 
you know, that maybe some experiences I can share with them that will teach them, and they may not have to go down the same road that I had to go down. Wow. But I think it's hard to fake a relationship. And I, I oh, think, you can tell. I, I can tell if somebody really ain't in it. Oh, yeah. You can tell real fast. And I think that's a strength of millennials. I think they're desiring something genuine mm -hmm. and real and somebody, well, look at this. Can we be real? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's your heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what their heart is. They want me to be real with them. They don't want to put the fake and phony, you yeah. know. They don't want me to put that on. They just want someone that they can relate to that they can tell me their real stuff, the things they're going through on the job or in their family. And I'm not going, oh, my God. You know, I'm going, tell me about that. How are See, you feeling about that? See, that right there is so big because what you just said, and, and I can tell you, I've talked to people on both sides. And a lot of times what I find out is the younger generations feel like the older generation just wants to teach them and tell them something. You're right. I just, you know, hey, I've got more experience, boy. Okay. Experience doesn't always mean good experience. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it doesn't. You know, and what you basically just said is, you said, I want to learn something from you. That adds importance to what the, my generation needs. Mm -hmm. But what you do is, is you've said, what you know is second to what you learn from them. It gives you passage and relationship built in. Because if all you want to do is shove your information down my throat, I'm like, okay. But if you love me, mm -hmm. but seeing what that does is my goal is to challenge people through is this. Not everybody is a Pamela. What happens when there's somebody of an older generation that has something worth having? Are you willing to invest into it? Right. I was talking to a guy that plays guitar the other day. And he says, I don't get the younger generation. I said, okay, explain it to me. And he said, if I could have had somebody around me that knows what I know, I would be at their house every single day. And he said, I, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't get it because I would be there. I'd be like, teach me. I ain't going to say nothing. And he says, I get that. And he goes, I've got people in my life that could get better. And they're not seeking this information out. And I said, that's true, because you're seeing them through your desire, mm -hmm. right? Because as a kid, that's the only way you could learn. Right. Well, for us, information is flowing so freely. Mm -hmm. I said, he can go on and listen to the best guitar player in the world, get a lesson. Mm -hmm. But what that's robbed us of is the desire and the drive. Right. Because I'm so overloaded with information, I haven't built that relationship to make me love it. See, see, I can go on and look at all these pastors do all these good teachings and stuff. I learned more from you and I just sitting and talking because you loved me and you cared about me. But you also taught me I need to care about the older generation just as much that I want to be loved. I need to care about them just as much, but you taught me that. So, okay, give me... See how I want to say this. Trying to really, what, what has been some of the struggles that you have? Now, you have this younger generation. You've right. had a lot of, you know, you can, what has been some of the hard parts for you that you're learning how to do, you know, or you're learning to connect with my generation or younger? What has been some of the struggles you've had to learn or maybe you still don't understand? See, this is where we're going to get into the fun stuff. Well, technology mm -hmm. and understanding 
technology mm -hmm. and how your generation <clears throat> uses it. Mm. And I feel like I'm always running to catch up. Oh, okay. And when I come to your generation sometimes and say, teach me. No, don't, no, no, no. Don't just say sometimes. Don't butter it up. <laughs> no. Just say it. Okay. Many times when yeah, I have yeah, thank you. <laughs> my phone or whatever and I say, teach me, it seems easier for you to just pick up my phone and here you go, Madre, and you've done it for me. Mm -hmm. Well, what that does to me, it cripples me next time because, see, mm. I want to be empowered by what you know. Yeah. And I, I know I'll never know everything that you know, but I'd like to be able to get on my phone and just make those small changes that I need to make. Yeah. And you be proud of me. I mm. want you to know that I'm a learner. So you're saying you desire it just as much. Exactly. And so sometimes I think we forget that older people, we still want to be empowered. I want to be able to hang with the youngins. Yeah. You know? I want to be able to get my cell phone out and show you. Well, let's go deeper in that. Why do you, do you feel like, because I guess it's the, the, you know, maybe from the father situation you were talking about, you don't show emotions as much. You don't show the weakness as much. You don't, you just go work. You do you, you do you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there's a lot of people that are over a certain age that they don't have the confidence, they don't have the self-value as much, but they don't say it because it's a sign of weakness. Absolutely. Oh, I think that's something that my generation has definitely struggled with. And I think that we felt like we would be judged. Oh, wow. You know, and less than, and uh, maybe not understood. And, uh, you know, I've had people, <laughs> have you ever opened up and you just told somebody you felt like the moment was right and mm -hmm. you just you know, laid your heart out to that person, and then you go, well, have you ever felt like that, or you can, underst can you understand <laughs> that? And they go, well, no. no. <laughs> you know, and then it's just like, no. You know, you laid it out there to someone who won't become vulnerable back with you, who won't be real back with you and say, yeah, I felt like that, and let me tell you why. Hmm. You know, you want to hear my story. So I think it is something that we struggle with, and we just, you know, back then, do you all know that, Children were told in my generation, and Lane and I were talking about this the other day, we were told that children were to be seen and not heard. And now for my generation, we're showcased. We're, the, we're our kids' paparazzi. Yeah, can you imagine that? Can you, can you imagine being told that? If what I, would that do to a kid? Exactly. So we kept, I think we internalized a lot of things. I know I did. Basically, I'm speaking for myself. And well, for I, sure. You know, for sure. But I know I, I just learned how to suppress things and not put it out there until I got past a certain age. And I thought, hey, you know, somebody yeah. in your generation may benefit from my story. So mm -hmm. why don't I just tell it? It seems like almost what they did was the generation said, okay, I didn't have this. So let's flip it. And now I'm going to be my best, my kid's best friend. I'm going to be in there and I want to make my kid mad and everything's for my kid. And I'm going to give my seven-year-old a $1,200 phone and I'm not bitter. Um, but, right. But so what happens is, is there's not much balance, right? Right. There's, there's not much balance. You'll see it a lot of times a marriage is failing because maybe mom or dad are more invested in the kids than they are with their marriage. Sure. Right. And, or, or you'll have kids are, are, that don't know how to hear what happens when it's not all about them. Exactly. Right? What, what happens if I don't? Depression rates and suicide rates are shooting up through the roof because we thrive off that quick hit of a like mm -hmm. or, you know. Yeah. And so what we do is we're still two generations, 
arguing, not knowing you have wisdom and stuff that you can give to me. And I've got wisdom as well. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have somebody sitting at the table with us right now. And they're like, Pamela, I'm struggling talking to my young 20, older teenage kid. Mm -hmm. And I'm struggling to connect with them. How do I connect with them? What would be some tips you would have? The first thing I would ask my child is, what are your dreams for your life? Hmm. Everybody, almost everybody, has a dream, a secret desire inside of them. And I think that opens a child up. We had a kid one time that we were dealing with hard, hard issues, bad things that they were struggling you with. You can talk about my wife. It's okay. No, no, someone else. Oh, sorry. <laughs> someone else, <laughs> not our kids. And we started with that question, what are your dreams? And sometimes they've been so suppressed or they're so damaged, they have to think through that. They, they don't know to how to dream. To to dream. They don't even know that's a thing. Exactly. But if you start with them right there, it opens up something in their spirit. It says to them, number one, that you believe that there's a dream for their life. Oh, wow. And I used to put on my uh, phone, my little phone message, um, hello, this is Pamela. I hope today finds you walking in the dream that God has dreamed for your life. And I had so many people tell me that I just called you to hear that again today. Hmm. Because people, number one, need to have a dream for their lives. Yeah. They need to know that a bigger, someone bigger, a larger, more infinite power has a dream for their life. And that's where they find their value. So I would start on a foundation of if you can think of where your child finds their value and then just begin to pour in and pull in that conversation. Okay. I would say if someone on the same note, let's say someone's younger, like, man, I'm trying to connect with someone that's older. Listening does so much. Mm -hmm. Listening. Like it, it, going to someone and be like, hey, talk to me. Tell me what that was like. Putting value to what they've experienced. Exactly. That, that what they've gone through. Like give me, give me five huge things that you've gone through that I haven't, that the, your generation's gone through. The Great Depression. I'm not that old. Kidding with you. <laughs> what are five things? I remember where young teenagers were going to war and we wore the POW bracelets, you know, and it was trying to get our brain around the war that our nation was in. I think that was the top one. Did you have a bunch of friends enlisting at that time? Oh, yeah. You know, our friends' brothers, mm -hmm. you know, that were going to war and it just seemed so unusual. And then uh, being in first grade, and our first president in my lifetime being assassinated. I still remember uh, we had the intercom system back in the day where your principal would come on and say a prayer. See, for us, it would be, y'all remember when they'd roll the TV in and you would be like, oh, it's that kind oh, of day. They yes. rolled the TV in. Somebody's gone up the yeah. <laughs> Well, in those days, there was an intercom and our principal came on and he said, students, I want you to put your head on your desk. I'm a little first grader, you know. I'm scared of school anyway. And then he said, President Kennedy, our president, has been assassinated today. He dropped this knowledge over the whole school of the intercom? Yes. Well, and hey. I can remember just hearing little kids in my class, you know, start crying. And 
us not understanding what that meant. Stop there real fast. Okay. That's one. It, it, it's, I, I, it's funny thing that just hit me about the difference in our generations. Our kids wouldn't cry. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because we're so used to that. Yeah. We're so over, so much information hitting us about people dying. Yeah. Like, you know, like, when was the last time, I guess, can we be real? When was, when was the first time you ever saw a video of a picture of someone dead? Oh, my gosh. I can't even think, Christopher, but I was, you know, I was an older, you t are you talking about a lot, not a movie? Someone dying. Oh, my gosh. I guess, oh, man, I must have been, you know, maybe in junior high. Maybe in junior high. I was fifth grade. Oh. Fifth grade. A video. Our kids now, they see videos all the time. There used to be a website before, I mean, a long time ago, and all it was was dedicated to people dying. And that was the cool thing. You would go and watch it. Hey, did you see this person? Did you see that person? And it scarred you. So it's like nothing. Like if you told middle school, elementary school kids that they wouldn't be crying. Yeah. They would be like, well, you know, whatever. Wow. That's, so I'm just sitting there thinking about yeah. difference of generations. So, okay. So Vietnam. President. President. Give me um, one more. And then... As a teenager, we went through the sexual revolution, mm. you know, Woodstock. Um, I mean, our whole culture changed. We yeah. went from happy days, the 50s, everybody was wholesome in their poodle skirts. And, you know, we didn't even see anybody kiss on TV. S I separate mean, beds. Dylan never kissed Miss Kitty. I, they got close. I'm just going to be real. Most people that are watching this have no clue who Matt Dillon or <laughs> oh. Miss Kitty are. But <laughs> I would, I'd love for you to tell us. I mean, you know, that was... The top TV stars back in those days, oh, wow. it was Gunsmoke, but nobody kissed. Oh, Gunsmoke. You know? And then you had this sexual revolution come in with drugs and sex and rock and roll, and our whole culture changed. I mean, we went from poodle skirts to ripped up jeans, and <laughs> well, we're getting back to that now. We right? are. <laughs> Never throw those things away. No, not at all. They're, they're bought that way. But, I mean, it was anything goes. I mean, from morality... Uh, you know, How fast of a switch was that? Oh, that was fast. I mean, we're talking from the, the late 50s to the 70s. And so you think about the revolution that my generation went through. Hmm. And then if it, you know, the motto was, if it feels good, do it. To wow. thine own self, be true. Why do you think that was such a popular thing? Do you think it was because it was like, you don't do it, don't talk about it, don't say it? And you think it was these people that just want to just run and see? Why do you think it hit so well? Or why, not well, but why do you think it was such a popular thing for that, that wave of the sexual revolution? Why do you think it was so popular to you guys as kids as you grew up into that? You know, I, I don't know. I think music is so important to every generation. We're going to do an episode about that. And our music led us into that. You know, it began to, with Elvis's pelvis, you know. You got to watch out. began to bleed over, and then he, he and others opened that door and the music took us there. And wow. uh, you think of Woodstock, you know, yeah. what that was all about. And so I think music played a big part of that. And I'm not sure what triggered in our culture that we were so ready to receive that and go polar opposite direction yeah. of where we had been. See, I, I think for me would be, I remember as a young kid going to the Microsoft store. And it was a whole store dedicated to Microsoft computers. And if you went back and looked on how much those things cost mm -hmm. compared to what they are now, oh, yeah. it was like it was like almost like a small vehicle. It was just crazy on how much they were, they, you know, how expensive they were. 
So you had that. You had sitting kids, if they don't, you know, I, I even get annoyed if that little spinning thing of loading. But I remember you would go in, you'd log on to the wire, you know, tell everybody, hey, you know, we're, we're dialing in for the internet. And beaky And I also remember when social media hit. First, it was MySpace. You know, top friends, you could design your page. You know, you would get in debates over who's there. And then when Facebook hit, that was like the end of high school going into college. I remember when that was really hitting and how it changed because you felt so connected to people, mm -hmm. right? You were like, oh, I, I'm, I'm in Texas now, but I can still contact all my old friends. So it's almost like it wasn't big world events as much. Now, don't get me wrong. I remember 9-11. Mm -hmm. I remember it was Thursday. It was a Thursday morning, and I'm still ashamed to say this. I guess it's because I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just a selfish little freshman. And they rolled the TV in and showed us the World Trade Center's crashing going on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is why we're not going to have a football game today? Uh, like, I, I, like, I was a jerk because I didn't realize. I was just like, well, it's just a plane crash. But then I started watching it going, oh, wow, it's a terrorist attack. Oh, wow, it's this. So you started seeing that. I remember going to someone's house, and we all sat around when they were announcing going to war. You know, I, I remember these things. So what did it mean to you? You were talking about earlier when I began to see those things. Mm -hmm. So what did that mean to you? Why do you think you didn't feel that so much? It was like... I think it's because, you know, with media, it hits us so much. It wasn't the most shocking thing I've seen or heard. I was just I was just used to it, right? It's just I think about um, talking to Lane the other day, and he said, you know, when they had that rate that the car chase and someone shot a gun and hit the car and there was two bullet holes and the whole city came out to just look at the bullet holes in the car, right? right. And I'm like, that's more like your generation. You're like, oh my gosh, this happened because that was it. For my generation, we've already seen a thousand things like that. Yeah, it wasn't shocking to me. Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Because I can tell you this is it's to where I was talking to somebody about that the other day. That's a really good question. Ooh, I like that. Um, I was talking to somebody about that the other day and I said, what's any different between a video game of shooting a gun and running around your backyard, shooting a stick towards your friend? <laughs> That's true. And they were like, well, I've never thought about it that. I was like, do you know how jacked up our games were? <laughs> You know, back back at the time, you probably can't even, you know, but it was like Cowboys and Indians. And we'd be like, oh, no, I'm going to scalp you. Do you realize what we're playing, right? We're shooting each other and, and all this kind of stuff. It's, you, you think about that. I'm like, video games is just a visual depiction of that, right? Yeah. But I know that with, 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 I've seen a lot of people with it that weren't affected by that. And I think this is why. You've heard the conversation, people are like, oh, this is leading to this. It's the same reason why when we look at what's all going on, we're not shocked by it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a shocking thing, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. it's, it, I, I look at these kind of things, and Haven actually made me think of this. If, you're not, if you don't know, Haven's my daughter. If anybody starts to get hurt on TV, she grabs your ears and screams and runs out. Right. Done. Blood, done. Someone's going to get hurt, done. Right. And I'm like, that used to be a a norm of, oh my gosh, what is this? Oh my gosh, that's horrible, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's just nothing to us. Yeah. 
We'll see someone's head get ripped off in a movie. You're like, ah, it's fake. You can tell, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just nothing. But I think that that's one thing to where, even with connecting the generations, that there's an overflow of information that you have from your experiences and what you come from. Mm-hmm. And my experiences of what I'm good at. And if I don't value you, mm-hmm. and you don't value me, more than your experiences and my information will never connect. Exactly. You'll have dads out there that go, I can't connect with my son. Do you care about connecting with your son? Or do you just care your son about hearing the information you have? Exactly. Well, my dad, he doesn't care. Do you care about your dad? Or are you just wanting him to leave you alone so you can do your thing? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the relationships, I feel like are one of the most key things when it comes to generations working with each other. And I feel like, too, This is so important. Mm-hmm. Look at us. Mm-hmm. We are face to face. And we've gone through a season where we haven't been face to face. We were finger to phone, yeah. you know, dialing somebody or texting somebody. And it's way different than looking in somebody's eyes and sensing and getting the feeling out of, you know, the conversation yeah. that they're going through and what they're not saying. I listen more to what people are not saying. Oh, you've taught me that. that that's changed my... Yeah. Oh, exactly. And you talk about building a relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, what didn't they say mm-hmm. when I asked that question right there? Mm-hmm. And we can't do that, you know, in, in the season that we've come out of. And, and I got trapped in it, too, because I could text for one minute and be done where this is going to cost me some time. I used to make fun of texting. I was like... Who texts anyway when it first started, right? Yeah. And now it's just I don't want to. I, I don't want to have that full conversation. Yeah. You know a hard question we could ask. What? When's the last time, other than this, have you and I had this long of a conversation with somebody with no interferences? Preach. Right. With with this much time, mm-hmm. have we had with a conversation? And I think the basis of it is is to where people might think, oh, this is the podcast. You and I would do this. We do this most of our, all the time. Yeah. But. I guess that would be it. You want to connect with somebody in a different generation? Ask yourself the last time you sat down with them long enough to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Or, so what would you I got a question for you. Let's say, because most of the time, you're not going to be able to sit with somebody for this long if you haven't done it. Right. So what would be some tips that you have to, let's say you got a kid in your life or a young person, you're wanting to grow, you want to have this kind of conversation to learn and grow them, but the longest conversation you've had is 30 seconds. Oh. Longest conversation you had is a text. How do you break? How do how do you break that wall? How do you build that? You want me to be real? I, For real? I didn't invite you not to be. I do it over food. Mm. I think there's power in breaking a tortilla or breaking bread together. Yeah. Or breaking uh, a garlic roll together. <clears throat> whatever your whatever floats your boat. I think there's something about connecting over food, and it probably shows. No, get out of here. Now you're gonna make me sit up straight. <laughs> but really, I mean. Um, there's conversation around a table. People mm. feel more open to mm. open up. When the girls were teenagers and God would drop something in my heart that was going on with my girls, mm. I would take them to the Sonic and have one of our Sonic talks. You know, we're sitting in the car, we're looking out the windshield, we're having a Route 44 or whatever, and then I would begin to question them and conversation would happen and then I could get into the stuff that was going on in there. You life. do that with your grandkids. Yeah, I do. 
I noticed that Presley, when she was real little and riding in the back seat, because that's what kids have to do now, we rode in the front seat on the little. Y'all were strapped to the hood. Y'all didn't have. That's a miracle that that, I'm How y'all all are alive? Oh, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I mean, there's just no limit. I did too. I'm a walking miracle. But when with her in the back seat and her looking at the back of my head and us driving, she would begin to open up her little heart, you know, mm. at a real young age and say, honey, I've been thinking about, and then she would share with me. So if, you, if you're wanting to build a relationship and if you're wanting to do something in your own life, if you want to get away from the computer screen and the phone, take somebody to lunch. Isn't that a crazy idea? Just take somebody to dinner and have... Have a meal together and just start asking questions, just what we're doing. Yeah. See, I, I think that that's so important. And I would say another thing, too, is be willing to inch along process. Mm-hmm. If it's an awkward lunch, are you – because I think sometimes what happens is, you know, I'll have parents go, I just want my kids to get this. Okay. If you just want them to get this, you've missed it. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Because if you don't get – if you're not willing to get them – And that's even for my generation talking about older generation. If all you want them is to just, you know, get this and you don't care about them as much as you care about that, then you can't go anywhere. And you need to be willing to build toward that. Build. You may not get that. Inch upon inch. No. But if you can see 10 meals down the road Mm -hmm. or a shopping trip or whatever, Mm -hmm. you're starting on a relationship here. And what you want to get to may be five months down the road. Are they worth the investment? Exactly. So, like, it's imagine if we, like, you're sitting at a table with somebody and you just leave, you you want them not have your phone? I don't care if they're sitting the whole time. You just eat and look at them, ask them questions, and build it. We're working towards something. We're working towards something. Let's go for a ride. Let's go do for these things, right? Instead of just sitting there and can we just, can we kill a a myth real quick? It's just kids on their phones. Oh, no, that's not true. (laughs) You know, one of our hobbies is going to a restaurant back in the day. It feels like back in the day. And taking pictures of people that are above the age of 70 or older that don't talk to each other. Like all these kids these days. Oh, yeah. But why do you think we do that? Why do you think we say all these kids and their phones when all generations do the same thing? Exactly. Why do you think it's easy? Do you think it makes it we feel better that we're not being? Oh, I think it's that old scripture. It's way easier for me to see the speck in your eye than the log in my. I, saw, I think that's basic human nature. I saw a picture and somebody said, we missed the days back when we used to talk. And it was a picture of everybody with cell phones. And they pulled up a picture of a subway and everybody was on their paper. They were like, they ain't talking either. <laughs> that's right. They ain't do nothing. Uh-uh. So, so looking at these relationships, so I, I guess we can kind of even go back. You said, you know, you, you need to care about the person and build a relationship and, and, and work at it and go. What happens if you're connecting and you're teaching somebody in your generation. What would you tell somebody in your generation that, that is wanting to connect to somebody younger and things to watch out for? Like, I'll tell you for me. Um, if I'm talking to someone young wanting to connect to somebody old, be very careful that you talk the whole time. I know you care about your voice a lot, but listen. Be cautious, right? So I would tell somebody younger, be, be very careful. And they may not change overnight, right? And, and, and take time with them. And I would also say, uh, don't shut them off just because they think different than you. Our generation does that really bad right now. Mm-hmm. If we don't see you the same way, we're just going to shut you off. 
we're just gonna, oh, well, that's just, and we shut it off. So I would say my generation needs to be careful in how fast they write off relationships just because they don't think the same, mm -hmm. right? I think we're used to a lot of change. Yeah. We're, we're, we're used to change and we're used to that. But a lot of times we do that with an older generation. We'll accept a struggle with change with somebody that looks like us at the same age, but we'll write off the older generation because you guys will always be this way. Exactly. And that's not true. So what about, so teaching somebody, let's say that's teaching someone to connect to somebody younger. What are some cautions that you have? You're going to laugh. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact thing mm. that I would say to them. Exactly what you just said, you'd say to a young person. That's exactly what I'd say to an older person. You've got to learn to listen, and you've got to become non-judgmental. Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm going to ask you. Ready? Are you saying that you're approving of their lifestyle and what they do? No, but if I don't build a relationship with you, I don't have a right to speak in your life, is in my opinion. Can we clip that? We have to... Um, We've got to have permission after we have relationship to plow somebody's field. Why, do your, why does your generation struggle with that? I think, by God, because we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps, and we just think that... And when someone is older talking to you, you better listen you better and listen. shut your mouth. That's right. right? you're to be seen and not heard. Right? And there's some good things and bad things you can pull from that. Yeah, exactly. Mm. See, I'm... I'm so I guess my question for you is this. Why is this so important? Why is this generation gap that's got to be crossed, why is this and so important for this to work? It's so important to our culture to go where we need to go. We can't go if we're divided. Hmm. The principle is anything divided against itself can't stand cannot stand mm. and this is way bigger than us it's not just about our relationship with one another it's about our community it's about our school it's about our churches it's about our cultures it's mm. about our state yeah it's about our nation and what's really come home to me through this whole thing we've been going through with the pandemic it's about our world Mm. I never realized how brittle the world is. I always saw the world as something so strong and powerful that nothing could touch it. Little pockets would be touched. But when I saw this thing happen, I told Lane, I said, the world is so brittle right now. Wow. So we've got to unite on every front that we can. We won't agree about everything. But no. We don't have to fall out with each other. Okay, if that's essential to you and you believe that, well, we'll just keep having discussion until I can understand your perspective or you can understand mine. Wow. We'll glean from each other. But our being unified is the most important thing of all if we want to change our world. Yeah. Not just not just our family. You know, you change a family, you change, you, you've heard Yeah, that. exactly. You change a family, you change a city, you know, mm -hmm. all that thing. But I'm understanding that like I never have before. We may not agree on the small, non-essential things, but what, we, what can we agree on? Mm. And when we have to go to that conversation, then that is going to cause us to find what we have, our common ground. That's good. So, and I, th I think what's, what's so important about this, and it's, it's kind of what you just talked about, is that when you are more caring about the relationship building between it, everything else can be dealt with. 
we, we can attack those things, yeah. right? We can deal with those things. So then tell me what your generation's got right. Tell me something that my generation needs to grab from yours. What is some stuff that your generation, that you definitely can add to my generation? What would be some stuff? Well, I think there are still people in my generation that understand the value mm. of your generation. I think we can look back and see where we did make our mistakes. Now, we went a little overboard, just like you said. We didn't find the balance in that, and we wanted to become your best friend. Mm -hmm. But now we're making full circle. We're taking a 180, and we're seeing how we can find the balance. Yes, I want to love you. I want us to be friends, but I also want to be able to impart into your life. And you respect the things that I've been through, and I want to respect the things that you've been through. Mm. So I think... I think that my generation, now you may disagree, but I do think we still have an understanding of the power of respect. Oh, there's no doubt. Because with us, we have so much information, right? It's kind of like this. Um, think about celebrities. Only time you ever saw a celebrity was on a movie. Only time you ever saw a pastor was on Sunday morning, typically, if he wasn't visiting. People of honor and respect or from, of renown, the only time you saw them was when they were on. Right. We see them at all times. I've seen them without makeup. I've seen them at the worst times and all of the kind of things. So I've seen them at their worst. So we fail to have respect with our generation as much. That it, it's key. Ask you something about your generation. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like your generation views honor? I think it's you've got to earn it before you get it. And the worst part is, is this: is that even though we're like, oh, you know, I, respect earns respect, blah blah blah. You know, you've got to have it. You got to have it. You got to have it. My generation doesn't know what it is to respect, respect a position over respecting the person. Yeah. Like, we're going to be real. We're just going to go there. I respect my biological father. Okay. Though he has done absolutely nothing to respect. Right. Not being rude. He chooses not to be in my life. But I respect him. We, <laughs> we were preaching one time and I accidentally said his name. I cut off the video. Because I didn't want his name going out there. Mm -hmm. and, and I've had to learn what it is to respect a position, not just the person. Because, and, and I think that that's where my generation fails a lot, is this, is that we feel like you've got to earn that respect. We don't know what it is to just honor, just to honor. Yes. And I think that that, and I've got to be balanced there. And I think sometimes too, would you say that that might be a weakness for your generation that, we just honor, honor, and we can overlook some things just because, you know, well, you just got to honor to honor. Well, that's not acceptable. But, hey, that's still so-and-so. Mm -hmm. But that's not acceptable, right? right? So it's kind of like that, that middle ground of relationship. Yeah. that We never felt like it was okay that they be called out. Mm. And, you know, I think a lot of that is Southern, too. There's a lot of Southern culture in my life where, you know, we just say, well, bless your heart over that oh, person. Bless, bless your heart means a heart. lot more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We know that, but we didn't feel, you know, there was a lot of things we just couldn't say. Mm -hmm. There was um, dishonor if we spoke the truth. And I think that's why we held so much hurt inside of us, you know, because we didn't want to dishonor anyone. 
And we didn't realize we had the right to say that it's not okay for you to behave that way toward me. Wow. What you did is not okay. I can forgive you, but what you did is not okay. And mm. I think that's something that we're learning from your generation. We, we are learning. We're finding our voice in that, that the things that happened to us as children or teenagers that we stayed silent about. Because that used to be the way that they did it. They used the authority yes. to make things happen. And now people are like, man, we're going we gonna to out you. We're going to let you know. We're going to put it out there. Right. And, and I think what's important is that for our generation to go, because you're going to teach our generation honor so much more, and I'm going to teach because you've taught me. But then I'm going to tell that generation, I don't care what position he has. If he's not living it behind closed doors, the position's not earned. Exactly. But you can still honor, but that doesn't mean you accept what they're doing. And, and this, this type of thing to where we grow, because you see things from what you've raised with, I, I didn't experience. Exactly. And then the same thing for me, it's just from a different area. And see, I would say this, how well do you think your generation would have done with social media? tell you right now. You know, I still call Chelsea. I find something and I call Chelsea and I tell her to order it. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this. How well do you think your politicians, how well do you think your leaders, how well do you think your people of influence would have done if their life was on social media and everybody knew everything that they did? Oh, mercy. I mean, we knew enough. As Imagine I am not a crook would have been yeah. on Twitter. Or I did not. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because uh, it's because it is hard, right? It, it's kind of like um, I was talking to a father the other day, and he was breaking down in front of me. He said, "My wife posted a video of her playing with a kid, and guess where I was? In the background, playing a game on my phone, right?" And he goes, "I should have been there." Mm -hmm. And it's he didn't plan on putting himself out there, mm -hmm. but that's always etched there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I I sit there and think about now the microscope that we are living under, that everything is out there. Yeah. Everything is out there that you can't go anywhere. We're nervous to say something wrong because then it's forever on social media. Exactly. Can you imagine your wild days, your old friends taking pictures of you at your wildest days and posting it online? Uh, no. Right? And that's something we constantly have to deal with. Yeah. You can not get hired because of your social media. Lane and I were talking just the other day about how cameras are everywhere. Everywhere. And the hospital that I work in, you know, there's cameras everywhere. And when I'm out of my office, I have to remember, you know, hey, there's a camera. You're on at all times. At all times in the city, wherever you are. You know, it's just, it is a different world that we live in. So I think what's important for us is that, and, and I think this is going to be a good thing that we might have to come back for another episode on this one because we've actually done, I'm pretty excited what we've talked about. Then we'll ask you one final question as we finish. Okay. And, and, and I'll do the same. All right. You have a one minute as a message to every person in your generation, every person that's a boomer, and you have one message to tell them about generational gaps and to connect those you have one minute what would you tell that generation i would tell Yours. them that i believe the most worthy worthwhile thing we will ever do is invest in the younger generation mm. i feel like they desperately need us joshua needs caleb mm. 
and Caleb needs Joshua. Yeah. And one will go up and possess the higher places because my generation has experience and wisdom that we're so open to let you have whatever you need. I think that our generation has decided to lay down, well, boy, you just figure it out for yourself to let me help you. Anything that I have that you need, I'm willing to help you. And we need your energy and your talent. So you, my generation has got to see the value and worth. And we can't just see it for the moment that we're alive. We've got to think about our great, 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 mm -hmm. great grandchildren. What I do today and how I invest in you, I believe, will, in, will affect Houston's great, mm -hmm. great, great grandchildren. For sure. So it's, it's worthy and it's worthwhile, and it's the greatest thing we'll ever do. See, I would tell my generation, no amount of screen time video interviews can ever take place to a real relationship sitting with someone, looking them eye to eye, and say, tell me your story. Yeah. You, you, could, you can't duplicate it. No. You really can't. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody says, instant coffee will never, ever, ever taste like real coffee. Mm -hmm. It just won't. Mm -hmm. Instant relationships will never, ever, ever be the same as an authentic one. Mm -hmm. And if, and I'll go back to what I said earlier, just saying, tell me. Yeah. Learning to listen. And what if in my lifetime, out of the tens of thousands of people that I've met, what if you were born with the secret that I need to answer that deepest question in oh, wow. my life. Are you worth it? Are you worth the time? Mm. If God has dropped in your heart the mystery that I haven't been able mm -hmm. to find through other relationships, through mm -hmm. knowledge, through, you know, whatever, even the Word of God, what if you're my treasure? Well, am I willing to go after that treasure because I don't know who it's in? Mm. So there's a treasure in every relationship if we're willing to take the time to glean it. And see, I go back to what you said is, you know, you've, you've taught me this so much that your ceiling is my floor. That's right. But there's an old mindset that, listen, I started from the bottom and that's how I dug it and I, you need to do the same. We'll never get higher than one story of dreaming if I always have to make the next generation dig the foundation. Mm -hmm. You've done it. Grow from it. Build on it. And then my children, my next generation I pour into, can go to levels I've never gone to. But when we see that, when it's not just oh, your generation, my generation, it's us coming together for a purpose and relationships. I think that's key. Last question for you. I know we said last, but last one. Something you'll never get used to. Something in my, the new generation, whatever, something you'll never get used to. Well, again, I think it's, you know, the way that you guys, technology, it's all Be rough. Like, Come on now. Get, no, just be rough. really. Because I'm going like, to be. I've got one. I'm, you do? Yeah. It's almost like you guys are born with it. Mm -hmm. and, and you don't have the patience mm -hmm. to take us with you. We're willing to take you with us. Love it. And, and you don't have the patience. You just Love want to it. do it for me. But y'all have to take us with you. Love even it. Even if it's pushing us in a wheelchair. You know what mine is? What? Know when a story's done. Right? <laughs> if I'm watching a video, I can tell how long the story is. 
Then you have somebody you know, if they're going to start a story of what it was like growing up with Malto Meal and growing up with struggles, growing up with black and white TVs, knowing the story, understand when, okay, it's not that interesting anymore, okay, right? Okay, well then that, you caused me to think of one of I wish you would go. This okay. is fun. When you have 57 <laughs> swigs of coffee while you're making your video, and you're, oh yeah, oh yeah. Listen, I'm gone from you on your third swig of coffee. Okay, so let time. me explain what she's and talking I don't about. Watch, I don't want to watch you drink coffee. <laughs> let me explain what she's talking about. I just messed up the mic. What she's talking about is like when we someone goes live. Well, okay, we're going to wait for a few more people to get on. Yeah. Um, and Hi, Susie. 45 minutes later, we still haven't got into our content. No. Okay. Oh. I'm, right. I'm out of there. Can I go another one? This is a fun way. Some of the movies that y'all loved growing up to are really trash. Um, old shows are super boring. Yeah. Not all of them. And I know I, this is people like, well, I was going to subscribe if it wasn't for this. Just because there wasn't special effects doesn't mean it was good acting. That's true. Okay. Let, let's, let's talk about it. Just because, right? It's just because the special effects doesn't mean it was good acting. Call it out. Just because it's the Ten Commandments <laughs> The same, um, right? Thank you so much for coming to talk to me. Thank you for having me. Can you believe we talked how long? We, it, I mean, it's been an hour. Has it exactly really? Exactly 59 minutes. And an hour. Didn't feel like it, did it? No. Was it as scary as you thought? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then some. And then some. So, hey, everybody. Thank you for logging in and listening to Can We Be Real? Uh, every week we're going to come to you and bring you just another subject. Please let me know. Give me some good ideas that you want to talk about. Uh, we're going to be posting every Thursday. Um, so every Thursday, new content's going to come out. Let me know. Hey, if you want to interview with me, let me know. And also, if you want to send me a mug to be sponsored in our next episode, send me some mugs, and we'll go from there. Appreciate you, and we'll see you next time.